Welcome to Radiant Alchemy with Sakara Ray. Take a little break and join me for a short little while while we contemplate ways that we can make our lives easier and more joyful and live more authentically in our life's purpose. Let's get started. Greetings, my dear ones. I hope you're having a most wonderful summer day today. You know, I didn't have anything specific in mind for this week. And so I decided just to sort of sit and ask spirit or God or the universe to guide me about what it was that needed to be said or heard or discussed this week. And truth be told, I've still been really stuck on the empathy problem. I'm just really, as a human, struggling with the state of things in the world and the division and the lack of kindness and caring. Um, but I didn't want to talk about empathy again. And so I sort of just sat in meditation and prayer for a few minutes and the word cooperation came into my mind. I thought, okay, well, that might be a nice parallel to empathy. And I, you know, I sat for a few more minutes. And what I felt guided to talk about was to sort of, again, do this parallel to empathy and talk about the importance of cooperation. So one of the things that I often discuss in my workshops or even through guided meditation classes, when we do group classes, is ceasing to see ourselves just as an individual, but seeing our interconnectedness and seeing ourselves as a cell in the body of humanity. And so for thinking about this empathy problem, um, to me, I feel like we're at a place of critical mass with this. But if we go back and look through history, um, you know, like even the his just the history of the United States, if you think about how long we've had an empathy problem, and if you look at what essentially the white man has done to the black man, the Native American, the China man, any person of color, the Mexican, um, there's just this rampant history of dominance and overriding free will and extreme oppression and complete and utter lack of cooperation unless someone of a different color or creed or belief system bows down and accepts this, what we now accept as a mainstream way of um, white thinking and progress and Christianity. And it's no wonder that we have this epidemic of a disease between races and belief systems. And I think it's imperative that we remember that at the end of the day, all of us are going to be skeletons in the ground. So it's important to be deliberate and mindful about the life that you want to live but it seems so foolish to me that we divide people based on how much money they have or what color their skin is or 
who they choose to love or what they choose to eat or how they choose to worship. Um, it's, it's utterly useless because we're all going to be skeletons in the ground and it will not matter how much money you had or if you ate meat or if you were a lesbian. We're all going to be skeletons and we all have the same genetic makeup. We all have the same internal organs and systems and we need to just remember that and get back to a place of cooperation and seeing the importance of not just the importance of but also the value of the differences and how wonderful that makes us because we need every person, every culture, every ideology, every dogma has an important place and we need to find a way to make those work together. So this is why I want to talk about cooperation. And if we're looking at um, ourselves as a, as a body, a cell in the body of humanity, uh, let's, let's take this fractal nature out. So if we look at the earth, there are, you know, these different elements and things that make up the earth or things that we need to survive. We have earth, fire, air, water, and ether or space. And all of those things need to exist for most life forms to survive. And we can find all of those things on the earth. Well, if we're looking at energy medicine or things more Eastern medicine, like traditional Chinese medicine or acupuncture, we find that we have those elements within ourselves. There may be slight variations. Um, like in Chinese medicine, the five elements, I think, are earth, fire, air, metal, and wood. But... Um, if we're looking at the different elements, the ones that I had just mentioned within our bodies. So again, we are earth element. We are comprised of a lot of things that the earth is made of. And we're going to return back to the earth. We're just our hair, our nails, our teeth, um, our bones. All of those things are going to go back to the earth. And when we don't need our bodies anymore, they're going to decompose. And these little teeny life forms are going to feed on those things. Little insects and worms and spiders. And then the birds are going to come and eat those little life forms. And then cats or larger creatures are going to come and eat those birds. So you can see already that just in leaving our physical bodies back to the earth, we are feeding these other life forms. And there's this system of cooperation where one thing survives on another one essentially giving up its life. And this is what we see in nature all the time in every in every place in the ocean in the jungle in the desert. This is just the way of things. So at our core we are earth element and we're going to return back to the earth. If we look at water, the earth is what 70 75% water and our bodies are what 70% water. So you think about all of the fluids and waterways and pathways in our body. We have our blood, our lymph, our spinal fluid, um, our digestive fluid, tears, mucus, saliva, urine. 
all of those things. We have so much fluid in our body. And then you think of fire. Think about the inside of your body, your core internally, how hot you are. And that fire needs fuel, it needs kindling to continue burning and creating energy. And we do that every day. We take in food. That's like the kindling and the tinder. And we take in that fuel and our body breaks it down and it creates heat and it creates energy and it creates momentum and activity. And, you know, we could also think of fire sort of like electricity. Well, we have electricity running through our heart. We have electricity running through our nervous system, firing synapses and giving our body cues. If you think about air, of course, we need air. We need oxygen. Our lungs are taking that air in. With every breath. And then our heart pumps and the cells take that oxygen throughout our body, getting it to our organs and our glands and our muscles and our tissues. And then we have ether or air or space. And, you know, the earth is suspended in space and we can't even begin to comprehend the vastness of space and you think of all of the spaces on our body we have spaces between our pores we have spaces between the hairs on our head and we even have spaces between our breaths so we inhale and we exhale and then there's a little space a little pause before the next breath starts just observe that for a minute. Breathe in and breathe out and feel that little space, that little gap, that little moment of rest. So I hope that already you're sort of seeing this interconnectedness that we are fractal in nature, that there's the universe, and then there's the earth, and then there are our bodies. And then even within our bodies, there are these little microscopic universes. And everything depends upon cooperation. Everything. And so if we can start to see that within our own bodies, we can maybe start to see that amongst and between the people that surround us. That instead of seeing someone as being different or an invader or like a bacteria or a virus, if you will, we'll see them as a cell that we need to work with to continue letting everything flow smoothly. So the analogy that came to mind for me was to actually talk about the blood. So you're going to get the shortest history, or not history, anatomy lesson ever. So essentially the blood is comprised of two different kinds of cells. We have erythrocytes, which are red blood cells, and leukocytes, which are white blood cells. But there are whole little subsystems of leukocytes. So we'll get to those in a minute. But if we're talking about erythrocytes, the red blood cells, those are the most numerous in the body. And they are responsible for transporting oxygen. So we definitely need those to be healthy because we need to get oxygen to all of our organs and tissues. It also transports a little bit of carbon dioxide, but primarily it's there for oxygen transportation. 
and the leukocytes are part of the body's um, immunity or defense system. And there are all these little subcategories. So obviously we need our leukocytes to be healthy. And if you've ever gone to the doctor and they've said, oh, well, your white blood cell count's a little elevated, then you know you have an infection somewhere, something's going on, those white blood cells are working over time to get rid of a pathogen. So there are several kinds of white blood cells. The first one is a neutrophil. And a neutrophil's job is something called phagocytosis. And the layman's breakdown of that is that phagocytosis is just a cell eating. It is um, a cell taking other particles in and breaking them down. So if there is a bacteria or a fungus or a virus or a microbe or something that doesn't belong there, the neutrophil is going to come in and eat that and take it out of the system. Then we also have something called an eosinophil. And these cells are responsible for counteracting histamine in allergic reactions. So those are, those are pretty important because if you're having a reaction and your histamine is up, you want those eosinophils to come in and, and counteract that and keep it from going too far out of control. Then we have basophils. And the basophils are the cells that actually release the histamine if you're having a reaction. And they also are responsible for anticoagulation. Uh, basophils are also sometimes called mast cells. And um, I'm trying to think if there's something else that I want to tell you about those off the top of my head. Um, and I think we'll just... I think we'll just keep going. Uh, lymphocytes, there are um, responsible for producing antibodies, and they are a huge functioner in immunity. And we actually have two kinds of lymphocytes. So we have B lymphocytes and T lymphocytes. And if we think of... Um, the AIDS epidemic, the big thing that they would always be measuring is your T cells. So the less T cells you have, the closer your immune system is to death, ultimately. And when I did my internship in social work, I had worked in an AIDS organization. And um, it was really heartbreaking to be sitting across from someone that was exactly the same age as me and to get the test results back. And um, this person had six, a T cell count of six. Six friends left in his body. It, it was, it was a sad, <laughs> that was a sad day. Um, so the T lymphocytes are critical for our overall um, immunity. And then we have our B lymphocytes. So they actually develop into a plasma cell and help to produce antibodies. And I know a lot about B lymphocytes because part of my um, chronic illness is I have a, essentially a virus that likes to hide 
and replicate in B lymphocytes. So the average life cycle of a B lymphocyte is about 24 hours. And I have a virus that hides in these and replicates. And so the B lymphocytes do not die. They just continue accumulating. And so I end up with a large amount of cellular debris um, until the virus chooses to activate again and make me sick. And so that's why um, part of my illness is that I pretty much always feel like I have the flu or like I have mono because I have this excess of B lymphocytes because my body's not getting rid of them because I have this little invader. I have this autoimmune condition where the virus is in the lymphocytes and so they're not able to complete their usual life cycle. Um, anyway, and then we also have something called monocytes, which also are responsible for phagocytosis and they eat the bad cells. So again, if you've ever had mono and your lymph nodes have swollen and you felt just awful, again, it's because those monocytes are really blown up and your lymph system is backed up. So, um, and then you have thrombocytes, which are not exactly full-blown cells, um, but they are more like platelets and they are responsible for your blood clotting. So if you look at just at the different kinds of cells, this is just one tiny fraction of a portion of what's going on in our body every second of every day. We have red blood cells transporting oxygen. We have white blood cells eating bacteria, viruses, fungi, invaders. We have cells that release histamine. And then we have cells that counteract that histamine. We have cells that produce antibodies. And then we have platelets to help us form clotting when we start to bleed. So we need all of those cells. They all are producing a very important function for our body to continue operating at an optimal level of wellness. And so if we can see that that's happening within our physical body, why can't we see that we also need cooperation between the bodies that are making up the earth? That there are people that have, everyone has a specific function. And so it's easy for us to take a step back and go, oh yes, look, we have doctors, we have scientists, we have mathematicians, we have social workers, we have farmers, you know, there are people growing food, there are people healing diseases, there are people creating infrastructure, there are people keeping us safe, we have policemen and firemen. So we can see on this broad scale how imperative it is to have cooperation and have every kind of person. If every single person wanted to be an artist, we would all be in a lot of trouble if somebody was gravely sick or injured. And if everyone wanted to be a doctor, we would all be pretty bored at the end of the day with no mediums to entertain us, no beauty, whether it's painting or music or sculpture or cinema. So we need all of these different kinds of people working in cooperation to keep our fellow humans safe and thriving in the world. And so we all know that intrinsically. We all know that. We all understand that. We all respect that. And yet somehow we forget it. It's as if our red blood cells are looking at our white blood cells. Can you imagine 
if our red blood cells were going, I don't like you, you don't get any oxygen, or our um, basophils got really angry and just kept releasing more and more and more and more histamine, and then our it was dominating all of these other cells and the other systems of our body couldn't keep up. That's exactly what's happening right now on planet Earth. We're looking at someone going, you're brown, you're gay, you're poor. And we're not working together. We're trying to separate. And if we have only one kind of cell or only two kinds of cells, and we're not all working in cooperation, we're not going to survive. So I hope that you've been able to follow along this analogy today. This is a wake-up call. We need to live and work in cooperation. And just as I said two weeks ago, there is a balance to things. There is day and night. There are rich people, there are poor people, there are healthy people, there are sick people. There are kind people and there are unkind people. But at the end of the day, if we're going to continue not only to survive but to thrive, we have got to find a way to work in better cooperation. So I encourage you to go forward through the rest of this day and the rest of this week seeing another person as a cell that's floating down the bloodstream of humanity, just like you are. You have a function and a purpose. They have a function and a purpose. Stop worrying about what color their skin is, who they love, how they worship, what they eat, what they're doing with their bodies, what they're doing in their free time, and see how you can work together to continue making this world a successful place and a better place not just for ourselves, but for the next generation, for our children and our grandchildren. We have to find a way to work in cooperation. So seeing every person with their own unique purpose, their own unique task, acknowledging that, accepting it, and honoring what's unique and gifted about you and what your purpose is, and finding a way to harmonize that and work together. We don't need to displace any more populations of people. Our American history is just littered with abhorrent acts. Again, when you think about what essentially the white man has done to Native Americans, to um, the Chinese who they allowed to build the railroads and get us out to the West and then basically made it illegal for them to be here, illegal for them to be hired. Um, What we've done to black people, what we've done to gay people. We have this history of oppressing people that don't look and think and feel exactly like we do. And it's no wonder that our society is as sick as it is. We need to come back to a place of cooperation and honor the cultures and ideas and dogmas of all the other people and you know see yourself as a red blood cell see a muslim as a white blood cell see a chinese person as a basophil and a black person as a lymphocyte or whatever we're all a cell and we all have to be here to make things work we all have a place we all have a purpose so this is my plea to you today to please move forward into the future putting your heart in a space of cooperation. And if you don't know something about someone or you don't understand something, 
have a conversation. You know, I mean, we have, even as a, you know, forget the whole race of humanity, even just as a human, what's our instinct when we're afraid of something or we don't understand something? What what do we do? We step on a spider or we kill a bee. Um, anything that we feel afraid of, our instinct is just to squash it and to end it immediately. And, you know, spiders and bees have their purpose. And every person that's on this planet has a purpose. We are not more important or more valuable than anyone else. So again, I'm just, I'm so heartbroken over the state of things. And I just felt called to continue talking about our need to heal each other and to hold each other up and to love each other. And the word that came to mind was cooperation. And I hope that I was able to bring you to a place of an increased desire to cooperate when we look at our bodies, when we look at the earth, when we look at our history, that cooperation really is the only way. So as always, I love you all. I'm always ready and willing to hear from you. Send me an email at ray at sheeler.net. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and through my website, www.sheeler.net. Get in touch with me however you need to, however I can assist you on your journey of continuing to unfold and find healing in your life. And so you can also spread that to someone else. All right, dear ones, we'll connect again next week. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about Sakara Ray and Sheeler or get in touch with me, please go to my website, www.sheeler.net or send me an email at ray at sheeler.net. Hope to hear from you soon.